0: Oh, hello, and welcome to episode eight of Monstrology. Um, oh, no. My name is Will King, and I am one of the, the hosts of the, the show, <laughs> along, along with Magic Cave.
1: Why are you doing a terrible Christopher Walken impression? Well, first off, I don't think it's that bad. Okay, well, clear, I guess that's this clearly week's knew,
0: clearly knew who it was. <laughs> um
1: so, that's i mean fair enough fair enough okay.
0: it's uh, reasonably reasonably accurate if you knew exactly who it was um well it's actually a bit of a clue uh and i'll come back to it later as to why i opened with uh christopher walken not just because it's fun to talk like this okay now means. you sound like dracula uh <laughs> that would be quite the crossover um i think i would enjoy that um okay christopher so-
1: walken is dracula
0: yeah, I'd I, I pay money for a ticket to that for sure. Wow, we're uh, like
1: three minutes into this episode and we are already crazy off topic.
0: Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> this is gonna circle back. Uh, Christopher Walken will circle back in, uh, right. in a kind of way. So uh, listeners, um, you can get excited for that. So uh, more on topic <laughs> and a little bit of a uh, grim uh, question. How often do you think about your death <laughs>
1: my own <laughs> yeah um rarely yeah uh, i'm i'm so young and vibrant and healthy will that i have no reason to
0: of course yeah that's a that's a very good point <laughs> um yeah I, I mean i find it uh i don't think about it all the time but i have thought about it i find it either like incomprehensible or terrifying <laughs> um and it's just like i think most people react to their own death in kind of an extreme way um but for our guest today. I imagine that death is quite uh, commonplace and uh, very casual, and I imagine this is something that they have. It's just like a general workplace experience, Um, and the reason that they are so comfortable with death is because today's monster is the Grim Reaper. of a funny monster in the sense that I think they have clearly their own identity and in in place. Um, But sometimes they're just the literal manifestation of death itself. Um, And and so I think there's maybe a distinction to be made between some are death and some are working on behalf of death, and it seems to be interpreted in two different ways. Um, But the actual, I mean, I guess we can just kind of leave that as what it is and people can interpret it one way or the other. Um, but typically I find that Grim Reapers have a specific look and that look is a skeleton in a robe. Um, and sometimes they ride a horse, uh, and they have scythes. And so the scythe, uh, scythe works to sever the soul's, uh, ties to life and grant it safe passage to, um, the afterworld or underworld or overworld or wherever it goes. Um... Generally, I find that the Grim Reapers in in all of the research that I've done are are not evil or good. In terms of, like, role-playing games, they're pretty much the definition of lawful neutral.
1: Lawful neutral, yeah, totally. Like, Like, yeah, I think that that's the thing about uh, Grim Reapers, especially in the personifications where they're just working for death. Like, death is an inevitable part of being on this World, nothing on Earth is immortal. Everything has to die eventually, and so it's just kind of like it's a job nobody wants to do. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: but we all really appreciate it, or or actually, and then what I've also kind of noticed in uh, some of these,
0: appreciate it, but 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 here that's the thing, right? It's like some
1: in doing my research, I often, especially in the pop culture references of it, is we don't really realize how much we kind of need that death figure until mm-hmm. it's not there anymore it's almost like being a garbage man right like <laughs> i don't think we give our garbage picker uppers enough credit but like when they go on strike the city comes to a standstill
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i think it's kind of a similar thing right like we need people to carry us over into whatever happens after this life mm-hmm. and uh if it's a skeleton with an old tiny farming tool then I guess that's who
0: it is yeah well you've touched on something that um it's like a little bit of pop culture but it's also kind of the the history and the myth of of death so I'll just kind of jump into it now I think because it seems appropriate maybe you've seen this match in your research too um but this is uh death and the soldier it's like an old Mm -hmm. folk tale and for anyone who uh sometimes finds these like myths and and Tales kind of daunting there's a really good episode of uh, the storyteller tv series with jim henson that really sums up this myth quite well and does it with puppets um, but basically the premise is that a soldier um, who's like a good person is giving his last bits of food away and he gives away a biscuit and he runs into another kind of like homeless beggar and says okay i've only got one biscuit left we'll like split it in half and he's going to give half to himself and half to the beggar and he's like ah you know it's not fair that the other guy got a full biscuit and you didn't so he gives away the whole biscuit anyway as this act of gratitude the the beggar gives him this magic sack and um it has the ability to just like capture things so he uh goes to this sars palace and there's an army of winged devils and um what he does he traps them inside his magic sack and sends them back to hell And everyone's like, yay, great. We got this like palace back. And then years later, um, he's visited by uh, death. And then he puts death in the sack, and nobody in the world dies anymore. And as time passes, they realize, like, oh, (laughs) like I've got all these people like wandering around, like aching, like begging to die. Mm -hmm. Like they're too old. They need to go. Um, And so uh, he releases death. But because death is then scared of um, uh, the soldier, death won't let the soldier die. So even when they try to die or hide within their own sack or be brought into the heaven, like he's never found and he never gets his own closure in his own death because he tried to cheat death in and of itself and kind of realizes the value of death. So I thought that kind of... Um, That just kind of story relates exactly what you're saying, Madrin, is we need that closure of our world. And without it, we realize that there's this rampant uh, problem with a lack of death.
1: Totally. And I think that, like, to my recollection of that story, um, like the soldier sees everyone he's ever known and loved. Dies and the world completely changes around him, and he doesn't really have a place in the world anymore because death won't let him die. Mm-hmm. And it actually is quite a sad story. By the end of it, I know, like, I think that's pretty much the only episode of Storyteller I've ever seen because oh, yeah. it somehow it somehow missed me in my childhood. But of course, my husband's super into it because he likes mm-hmm. anything this Jim <laughs> Henson. So he showed it to me a while ago, and I was kind of like, "This is for kids! Like, this is dealing with." deep existential crises. It really kind of is, stuff. Yeah.
0: And it's the, the kind of creepy death puppet Jim Henson vibe too, which we see in other stories that I think we'll get to later. Um, okay, back to just kind of the, the history of, of the Grim Reaper and uh, of death and where that comes from is, you know, you've got these stories, but I think it originates um, in medieval Europe in the 14th century. And there was this or at least popularized during this period of time, and uh, that's when the Black Death was, or the plague that, that wiped out a third of the population. And I think death was such a prevalent thing and illustrated so commonly about being among the people and taking people, and being such a part of like daily life that Grim Reapers as a monster became that kind of manifestation. Um, yeah, well,
1: I think yeah, because like back then during the 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 Black Plague, the Black Death, death could quite literally just be around the corner for you like mm-hmm. if you bumped into somebody that could be it that could be the thing that spelled the end for you because like you said it took out something like a third of the overall European population and in yeah. some parts of Europe it was even worse it was even more I think it was something like one in five people mm-hmm. um so yeah I think you're you're quite right is that like when you you're you know you're seeing people all around you dropping like fly and, and especially too with that particular plague to what, from what I remember near the end of it, people's skin would necrotize and they would, yeah. And like their skin would turn black and start to fall off. And like, it was a really horrible, horrible way to die. And so when you are living with that and that's part of your everyday day-to-day reality, I'm sure. Death is on the brain
0: mm-hmm.
1: all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. It becomes so of course, the, the boogeyman in the shadows, like
1: yeah, and so of course of- you're, and and also too, like medieval Europe, farming was so prevalent as part of their culture. So of mm-hmm. course you you start to relate it to the things that are already part of your everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of so farming, um, the 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 scythe, or like the image of the scythe, is also like potentially taken from agricultural practices. Um, uh, There's like kind of like a older Greek origin for this too. But just the idea that harvesters used scythes to reap or harvest crops that were ready to be plucked from the earth is part of that image. Like it is cut from the earth and and, and it is now done and dead. Uh, Like humans is a part of that image of something uh, taken when it's supposed to be taken. I'll just kind of do the the greeky stuff <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm at it. So in Greek mythology, there's a couple words that I think were basically blended together into this image of a Grim Reaper as well. So there's Kronos, um, called Father Time. who was king of the Titans and the father of Zeus. And, and there's also Kronos, who is the harvest god and carried a sickle, um, which is used, like, obviously, as I was saying, to harvest grain. And the Grim Reaper is carrying a scythe derived from a combination of Kronos and Cronus, and um, there's also this myth of Kronos eating his children, which is apparently like used in kind of a poetic way of, of saying nothing lasts forever, like a devourer of all things, all things must disappear. But basically, there's three confusing words there, um, meaning like all quite similar, which is Cronus, uh, meaning time, Cronus, the god of harvest, uh, and Cron which was crow, uh, meaning crow. So that's often why sometimes you see crows around death and the image of death and like grim reapers oh. being. Oh. See, I just always thought it was because abords. crows
1: are scavenger birds, right? So they would be like picking at whatever was left over.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, vultures right. certainly, but yeah, I mean, crows potentially too. I think cr- crows kind of have a bad bad rap, <laughs>
1: but maybe <laughs> yeah. this is why.
0: Um, so yeah, there's, there's kind of those few different words. Um, It's interesting, too, that like my initial thought of a Grim Reaper is often male. And I think that's because it comes from more of the English tradition. But when I look at a few different places in the world, I just uh, I did kind of a basic look of this. And in in French and Spanish history, it's often female. Sometimes it's genderless, like the Grim Reaper has no specific um, gender one way or the other. Imagine if if you have any specific um, Grim Reaper coverages from around the world that you want to expand on.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I'm not sh- entirely sure that they, that she is depicted specifically as a grim reaper type person, but like you said, in a lot of, um, a lot of languages that have like gender specific, uh, grammatical way of saying things, mm-hmm. um, in Spanish, the word for death is muerte and it's a feminine noun. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes you will see in Spanish speaking cultures, death is personified as, as a female figure, mm-hmm. um. So in Aztec mythology, and I will probably not say this word properly. (laughs) Sorry to everyone (laughs) who speaks Spanish. Um, Mictacacalhutal is the queen of Mictlan, which is Mm -hmm. the Aztec underworld. And she rules over the afterlife with her husband. And she's often depicted as fleshless. And she's got a big japing jaw open. And she swallows the stars during the day. Cool. Um, And so in... Uh, like in Mexico and in areas where the Aztecs lived, as people are kind of like learning more and more or, or rediscovering more and more about Aztec um, culture, she's kind of been blended into some of the Day of the Dead mm-hmm. um, uh, celebrations that that are going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's also another woman depiction. <laughs> I thought that this was so great. In Breton folklore, um, there's a woman named, uh, she's called the Anku and she is, what I thought was really interesting about this one is that she's not actually a specific person who revisits over and over again. Mm-hmm. She's the spirit of the last person that died within that community, like within that village or, or whatever. Mm. So it's like, whoever died last then has a job to do <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> the next cool. time around. It's kind
0: of an inherited responsibility. We see some of that in pop culture as well. Um, Yeah.
1: And it's, it's almost like, I can imagine too, that it would be fairly comforting to have whoever the last person in your village was die is the next person who sends you on. Like it's almost mm -hmm. like a familiar face greeting you as to whatever the afterlife is. Um, but here's the creepy part is that she is, um, she's depicted as having long white hair and, uh, she drives a death wagon that and the axle creaks on it
0: okay and it's always
1: piled high with the dead bodies of the people that she has come to collect right. so if she stops in front of your cottage then you know that that means certain death for somebody who lives there yeah, so I mean, I'm just trying to imagine yeah. like you're sitting down to dinner you're you know the fire's going you're having a little drink and all of a sudden you hear
0: well you got to be uh, hit by this the stench of it too you know this is a, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a caravan full of bodies. Um, yeah, that's kind of an interesting image, though, too, right? Of something that's partially comforting and partially disturbing, and that that kind of sweet spot kind of <laughs> uh, seems to to work with this monster too. Um, I was reading a little bit of um, the the dance macabre. I don't know if you saw this as well. Imagine the the dance of death, and that this is something that the grim reaper does when somebody's time has come. Is uh, death summons people to dance at the grave of someone who's passed and they, they all have to dance towards death and like into their death and there's this idea that dance macabre unites all um, and so you see these kind of celebrations of dance macabre throughout history as well and, and both in earnest celebration and like the, the history of, of Grim Reapers doing it to people. Um, I think that's quite cool speaking of something like joyous and disturbing. <laughs>
1: I think that's kind of mean as a person's dying, you make them dance.
0: But the idea isn't so much that they're like making them dance. It's more like they've, it's like a a dancing into death, like not dancing on your grave, but like, let's have a celebration of this thing.
1: Let's dance our
0: way into, into whatever comes next. I mean, I mean, that's, that's kind
1: of cool, right? As opposed yeah. to like the rage, rage against the dying of the light. Instead, it's like, let's all put on our party shoes and like yeah. dance into, you know, and let's greet whatever's coming with mm-hmm. enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, but again, it's just like that kind of cool balance, right? I think it's this this same history of the Grim Reaper is like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that that kind of razor's edge, right? Of like, it's, it's horrifying and it's just what it is. Like it, you can't, uh change it or alter it you just have to accept it um that's all the history i've got anything else imagine you want to share before we uh take a little bit of break and then jump into some pop culture
1: um well i do know that there's also if we're going back to women grim reapers in scandinavia um north mythology often had death as hell or sometimes Mm -hmm. hella who's the goddess of death um but again, it, in, originally it was just kind of like, this is the person who is in charge of this part of life, right? Like she rules over death and the underworld and that's what it is. Uh, and then, of course, but then when the black plague came along, she was kind of morphed so that she became an old woman who was oh. known as Pesta, okay. because apparently that means plague hag. Mm. That is very hard to say, by the way, plague, sorry, plague hag. Uh, God, that was really hard for me to say that. <laughs> Um, but and again well, you more, made it
0: you got it up there
1: ah, we got through it um but her depiction was really more of like the grim reaper idea that we know of now where she's got the black hood on mm. and she goes into town carrying either a rake or a broom mm. and if she brought the rake that means that some people would survive the plague but if she brought the broom that means everybody was a goner
0: oh yeah there was another thing uh i guess i could bring this up too there's it, it was like a kind of medieval doctor I think because of the Black Plague too that um, when somebody was quite sick they would use holy water and like kind of a, a mirror or something at the top or the bottom of a bed and depending on whether they could see death at the bottom of the bed or at the top of the bed they would know whether they're like going to live or die and they would sprinkle them with holy water I can't remember whether it was supposed to be at the bottom or the top of the bed or the top and the bottom of the bed. And now I have no advice for anyone who's dealing with a situation where your loved one is dying. And I probably am not the person to consult anyway. You can go to like a doctor, but, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting as well because it comes from this kind of medieval medicine too.
1: Well, and the story, as far as I remember it is, um, like that story came from that somehow death ended up adopting a young boy who grew up to be a physician Mm. and death gave him this potion that like you said would allow him to see so like if death was standing at the foot of the bed that meant that that person was supposed to die and so the doctor wouldn't give them this special water potion Mm. but if they stood up at the top uh then they were supposed to die but then the doctor ended up betraying death because the woman that he was in love with was dying and she was supposed to die, but he tried to trick death um, by giving her the the magic water anyway. Fools. Uh, And then as far (laughs) as my recollection of it goes, death of course figured out that his adoptive son was trying to trick him and then punished him by making him immortal for all time so it seems kind of similar to the same story as the death and the soldier as you were talking about mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean just as a general rule stop trying to trick supernatural don't deities try... they are I, smarter I mean, been, than we are usually
1: it's been kind of a running theme since we started talking about any kind of monster mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, don't don't try to trick them
0: unless it's a a riddle fight with a a dragon and then maybe it's your best bet because sure like like a grizzly bear that thing is gonna run you down (laughs) um okay i think in that
1: case like you might as well try the riddle fight because Mm -hmm. otherwise you know death is pretty guaranteed
0: oh what if a grim reaper went by it and you know i'm going i'm I'm getting too distracted here. Maybe we'll ask our guests later on what happens uh, if, they, if they've they ever visited a dragon and what, what came from that. Uh, we're just going to take a little bit of a break. And when we get back, uh, we're going to be digging into some pop culture of Grim Reapers. So the first um piece of pop culture i'm going to talk about is a movie i always talk about a lot of movies that should be no surprise to anyone uh this one was by far the longest movie about uh death and grim reapers that i watched um called meet joe black imagine have you seen meet joe black uh
1: luckily i have not but <clears throat> from what i understand it's terrible you know what i i i
0: I don't think it's that bad it is too long (laughs) (laughs) this is it's it was panned at the time um and I think I went into it being like this is gonna be a weird movie about death and grim reapers and I think most people watching that movie was like it's gonna be a movie with Brad Pitt (laughs) and so my expectation was very different than the average viewer um I think that it's just like it it has this weird blend of taking itself like very seriously and also being kind of abstract in that like, I don't know, magical realism way that I like. So I think that in a weird way, I'm a good demographic for this movie. Um, I think it could have been made into like a two hour movie. That would be a bit tighter. But like all of the performances are, are quite good. Um, Anthony Hopkins is great. And Brad Pitt is like, as he is in many things, but I think especially in this film, like really uh, strong and engaging. And um, uh, Claire Furtani is really good as well. It's, it's a remake of an older film. I think that films that do that right. in, in a Hollywood system always kind of get a bad rap or can really quite often get a bad uh, rap for that. Um, it was a remake of a film called uh, Death Takes a Holiday. And the premise, um, for anyone who doesn't know, is it's this kind of strange blend of rom-com and drama and um basically uh there's a character uh media mogul bill Parrish, um who's played by anthony hopkins and uh he's visited by death and death takes the form of brad pitt because brad pitt was formerly a character that the spoiler just happens pretty early on uh, dies and so just occupies that body but that Body that he's occupying, that character met his daughter like the day before, and they had like a love connection. And the deal oh, that... it's
1: their death's meat cute,
0: <laughs> yeah. But it was like the care, it's like death's body's meat. Oh, cute. his vessel, his vessel's meat cute because the vessel's dead <clears throat> has a meat cute with the daughter. And the, the deal that death makes with Anthony Hopkins' character, um, uh, the like media kingpin is that. Uh, I will continue to let you live as long as you continue to show me like a good time and like show me what matters in life and, and like help me live the high life. And he's like, fine. As long as you don't like mess with anything or mess with my family. And, and they're like deal. But of course, you know, death starts getting the hots for his daughter. And then they have a very meaningful soulful relationship and it just gets complicated and kind of unravels, um, from there, but it is like a cool premise. It's just like, um, I think tonally, I can see that it's like people would be like, Is this Oscar bait? Like, why are they taking it so seriously when it's kind of a strange premise? Like, maybe it needed more humor so that it was like people acknowledged how strange it was. I, I liked it, but I anyway, I can see why it didn't, it definitely didn't like hit the zeitgeist, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be a popular movie, even if it was kind of interesting as what it was.
1: Yeah. Like, is it a tragic drama? Is it a rom-com? We don't know.
0: Yeah. It kind of goes back and forth and it's, it's, I mean, there's there's also, like, a few, like, delightful moments, like, death in Brad Pitt's body. He does a good job of being the original character, then death in the body of that character, like, playing both. And there's a scene where he, like, discovers peanut butter for the first time, and, like, a chef is, like, giving him peanut butter. And, like, the way that he eats food is really interesting and, like, experiences the world. It, like, his performance is really good in it. But the movie is okay. Um Anyway, in that sense, death is like visiting him and there's a deal to be made with death. And I think that's interesting that you can negotiate on the way out Um, and that it manifested in the form of a body that had to be used, which uh, appears in some other pop culture as well. Um, The other film that I I watched in preparation for this, I mean, there's a couple that I'll talk about a little bit uh, with more detail is uh, The Seventh Seal which is a film from mm-hmm. 1957 by Ingmar Bergman. Um, so it's a, it's a Swedish uh, film. I, I thought it was quite good, but I admittedly sometimes struggle with foreign films when I have to just watch the surtitles at the same time. And I was trying to follow what's going on. It's very pretty, but I just like, I don't know. I, I have like a focus issue with it. Um, but the premise of that is that there's this disillusioned Swed- Swedish knight, Antonius Block, who returns from the Crusades, and um, when he gets back, like, the, his home is dealing with Black Death and plague. And he's visited by uh, death um, and has to play a chess match for his life and negotiate with chess. And you see it as a touchstone that, that um, death pops in and out of the film. And he's, like, um, th- the knight is trying desperately to create some sort of like redemptive act or, or moment to, to give meaning to his life, knowing that death is coming for him. He's trying to do something valuable. And it actually is like a very poignant, important uh, movie. Like it, it's a very influential movie. Um, I didn't love it, but I think it was just because <laughs> I couldn't, I, I, I have difficulty uh, focusing sometimes in that way with the disconnective language. And sometimes well, the translation so is bad, but the translation was good. It was just, uh, I think I would watch it again and appreciate it more knowing what was happening.
1: Yeah, not having to pay attention, like your your brain doing two things at once. Exactly. I think what's really important in the pop culture part of the seventh seal is that to my knowledge, that's the first time that we see that, um, that depiction of death and a mortal playing a game for mm. the mortal soul, which mm-hmm. has become such a trope in pop culture past that like we see that so many times where you know death comes for you and you say let's play a game and if I win you let me go and if I lose then you can take my soul and and death almost always agrees to this right mm-hmm. um, but to and I certainly uh, correct me listeners if I'm wrong to my knowledge the seventh seal is the first time that we see that in pop culture and it became so iconic. That, of course, we've seen it over and over and over again in other iterations.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look that up. It's the the earliest film that I can think of that kind of um, negotiation. I think that you would maybe see it earlier in literature, but it's definitely like an iconic early film uh, character moment. Um,
1: Well, I'm really glad that you brought up death from The Seventh Seal, because I think that segues very nicely into the movie that, I want to talk about. Okay.
0: And what's that?
1: Last Action Hero.
0: Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I I don't know anything about that.
1: You don't know anything about Last Action Hero?
0: Well, I saw it, but I, have, I haven't I have seen it. Like, I can't speak on it. I know that it exists. I, I Usually when I search for like monsters in pop culture, I just find lists and lists and lists of every movie and go, okay, I have to narrow this down to like maybe five. Um, so it wasn't right. on my well, list. It-
1: in all honesty, actually, the plot of Last Action Hero is kind of complex, but I'll try to narrow it down as much as I can, is that there's this parallel world in which this movie star who was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger is like a real person who's actually immortal in the way that our that heroes of the 90s action movies were. Mm-hmm. And through his uh, dealings with this little boy who ends up in his world, they end up coming back into our world where it turns out this character Uh, who is Jack Slater is his name, is mortal. And near the end of the movie, they're fighting and they defeat the bad guy, but Jack Slater gets mortally wounded. He's about to die. Oh no, our hero is going to die. What do we do? Then the figure of death from the seventh seal. Oh, really? Yes. Who in this iteration is played by Ian McKellen. Okay. Okay who does a bang up impression as of, he would. from this <laughs> yeah. as he does, right? It's Ian McKellen. When is he not great? Um, so he kind of like deus ex is in the last part of the movie. So he, he gets brought into the real world. And of course the little boy, it panics that he thinks his friend is going to die, but death just clarifies. And he says, Oh, I'm simply curious. Why is he here? Why is he dying? He's not on my list. Hmm. So it was, it's just it's so very interesting that it came, especially in this movie, Last Action Hero, made so many references to other pop culture inferences, so many tropes. They really were like, as the Brits say, taking the mickey out of a lot of tropes from these, these action yeah. movies. And it, just, it was just like chef's kiss that it ends, that the most recognizable pop culture reference of death, which is what we, you know, with the ghostly pale face in the hood that we see from The Seventh Seal shows up and he just simply says, he's not on my list. And it's very, <laughs> I love it.
0: There's, there's another film that I watched um, and I watched this like way out of the sequence I think that I should have, um, but I, I don't, have you seen the new Bill and Ted movie? That Bill and Ted face? I have. Okay, so I
1: have.
0: Uh, death appears in, in that. And also- Death is uh,
1: like their bro in those movies. I love them.
0: Appears like more prominently in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I haven't seen, which is the second. And I I don't even know if I've seen the first one. So I've now watched the third Bill and Ted. And now I was like, do I go back and watch the second Bill and Ted? And then I was like, but then I would be watching them in reverse order, which is maybe the most Bill and Ted thing that you could do (laughs) is watch it. It is all about
1: time travel and being out of time, Um, but here's what's really interesting. is like, you know what I was talking about of like with the seventh seal, how there's that very famous now famous trope of playing a game with death to try to mm -hmm. defeat them in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. There is like, a, a montage of them yeah. playing games with death which not only is not only the very stereotypical uh game of chess that they play but they end up playing like twister <laughs> That's funny. Them, and it's just it's hilarious
0: i just like the idea that like death is this great bass player or or adequate bass as the case might be it's just like a, a dude bro bass guy um so i thought it was worthwhile and be- I realize that the, the the look of this version of death may be a little bit influenced by uh, the seventh seal death as well. It's bluer, but it's got that like kind of the uh, similar body type um, and kind of look. Um,
1: well I like that death like goes on tour with Wild Stallion for a yeah.
0: while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but apparently he ripped too many like 40 minute bass solos to, <laughs> to stay with the band. <laughs> He's, he had to do his own solo thing. Which was not so good either. Um, all right, that's what I've got for movies. I'm gonna uh, keep start talking about TV. We can always jump back for for movies if you want, uh, Madrin. Um, the there's there's kind of some highbrow and lowbrow death in TV. Uh, lowbrow but excellently done is um, death in Family Guy. It was played by Norm yeah. Macdonald, and that episode is great. That show for me is kind of here no, and there but yeah but norm mcdonald is so good as death in this premise where he just comes to an episode to to kill peter uh and he tries to run away and then rolls his ankle and then they have to like put him up on their couch and like take care of death and he's whining and being difficult and i don't know just uh, you know late great norm Macdonald. if you're looking and you haven't seen this before it's you could just see a little montage of that episode in in his uh voice performance as death is awesome um, more highbrow <laughs> death in TV. Um, although it doesn't take itself too seriously, is uh, Dead Like Me, which was the TV show um, uh, that was created by Brian Fuller, who also did, um, I think, the most recent Star Trek, and did uh, Hannibal, the TV show. That it really loved.
1: Well, and the X Men movies too, right? Uh,
0: Isn't that Brian Fuller? no that's uh Brian Singer isn't it ah not to, yes you don't want to be lumped in with that guy no I don't want to <laughs> be lumped in with him Just, <laughs> Just never to mind. Quantify, let's not go down that road but uh Brian nope, Fuller sorry
1: Brian Fuller <laughs> is, uh, did not mean any disrespect is uh,
0: a great television showrunner and um put together this show called uh Dead Like Me which I haven't seen in a long time um but the the premise is that Certain people, when they die, are offered the job of Grim Reapers, and it follows um, Georgia George, uh, for short, last, well on for short, I guess just as an alternate, uh, who died at 18 after being struck by a flaming space debris thing <laughs> um, as to become a Grim Reaper. And it's this type of thing where they were like hoping that life after death was more exciting and it's not, (laughs) it's just like another job. Um, It's like another
1: punch clock nine to fiver.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like a a very clever series. I don't think it ran for very long because it was maybe too niche, but like it, it, I remember it being good. There's a, a, like a iconic poster that I remember of like, it's the, the Grim Reaper hood and darkness, and then like a, a bubble of bubble gum, like right in the middle. Like, it, and that kind of sums up the show. Um, I don't know, I would check it out. It might be one of those great short lived shows. Um, I definitely liked it, but it was like a long time ago that I watched that show. Um, I got one other TV show. Anything you want to jump in with, Majvin?
1: Well, again, talking about great short lived shows that were on almost 20 years ago, uh, have you ever watched the show Reaper?
0: no I haven't
1: so funny I loved it when it was on TV it was during that era when like in the early 2000s there were a lot of TV shows that were on that it was basically like average Joe slacker dude finds out he actually has great powers you know kind of like Chuck yeah I did Um,
0: love Chuck That was my, I'm sick with the flu. I need to watch this. I just, I would always watch Chuck. Well, if you liked Chuck, I I think
1: you would like Reaper as well too. So Sam is this slacker dude. He dropped out of college and he's working at a Home Depot style um, hardware store. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like hanging out with his best friend who was played by Tyler Labine. So you can understand the tone of this. Uh, And he's pining after his coworker who was played by Missy Peregrim. when she was like so delightful and fresh face and cute love love it um and he finds out on his 21st birthday that before he was born his parents sold his soul to the devil because his dad got really really sick that's a
0: rough discovery
1: right when well his dad got really really sick and was was going to die and they made a deal with the devil that in exchange for curing him they would give the devil uh their firstborn son Mm. And so they thought, ha ha, devil, we'll just not have kids. But their doctor lied to them and said they couldn't have kids when they actually could. And so they ended up getting pregnant and having a kid. And it turns out that that was the devil making a deal with their doctor. Like the doctor Mm. had gambling debts. And so the the devil erased his gambling debts if he lied to this couple. So it was this whole securitous way of making Sam be born. Um, But The premise of the show is that after his 21st birthday, Sam then has to become a reaper for the devil. Mm. And here's where it's actually a really interesting twist. He is re-reaping souls of people who have already gone to hell. So these are like damned people who are murderers, robbers, just terrible people who had already died and gone to hell, but have found a way to escape hell. Mm. And now it's Sam's job to track them down and recapture their souls. So it's about once, that
0: uh like kind of vigilante justice thing too. Like yeah, this but idea of, course, of like you're killing every, for the greater good.
1: <laughs> yes, and of course in every episode Sam is in way over his head and almost dies trying to take <laughs> trying to re reap these souls. And what's really funny is that the vessel that he is provided with to re reap is always Um, has something to do with that soul that he is reaping. So it's like a dirt devil vacuum or like a taser gun. (laughs) So like, it's always just this funny, seemingly average object. So I think there were like two seasons of it. If you can find it on a streaming service, it was really funny. I really liked it when it was on TV and I was sad that it was not on TV anymore.
0: Um, Another show that was canceled, um, but this time after six seasons, was quite popular on the Cartoon Network, uh, was The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And that premise is um, that... uh, Bill and Mandy are a mismatched pair of youngsters who befriend the Grim Reaper after winning a limbo contest against him. (laughs) And I guess that's like the origin of how that relationship starts. But it's always like these kind of troublemaking kids and the Grim Reaper as their kind of parental figure in a way. Uh, And that show ran for a really long time. That was back when like, I don't know, Cartoon Network was like doing some weird stuff. Uh, And probably like that doesn't hold up, but it was kind of like brazenly adventurous in sort of beginning like adult cartoons, like getting into, you know, making way for things that are like SpongeBob. And then probably you go further down the road and you get like Rick and Morty or and like just... at
1: the end of the spectrum, you end up with Archer.
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like it just was kind of cartoons were more wild swinging. I mean, there was still, there was, uh, even from the beginning of animation, like you could watch these like crazy old, you know, Russian cartoons or whatever that have like lots of, new yorker style imagery um but in terms of like uh weekly tv cartoon um shows i remember that show being like a little bit edgy or as as a child i suppose um so that's the last uh, piece of tv that i got um before i move on to other things Um, i'll just
1: say real quick because i haven't talked about it in a long time there are reapers and supernatural
0: (laughs) this is your supernatural update for the week this is
1: my supernatural update for the week
0: Um, There is a a really uh, um, uh, well-known book called uh, A Dirty Job by Christopher Moore, which is kind of a comedy book, um, maybe similar to the premise of Dead Like Me. There's a family man enlisted to be the next Grim Reaper. I haven't read it, um, but I know people who have read it and I've heard that it's quite good. So I'm putting it out there that there's a great book if you're interested in seeing a normal uh, dude have to become a Grim Reaper. And um, the last uh, piece of pop culture that I'd like to share that that ties so excellently into my silly voice from the opening of this episode is there is a song called Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. And uh, this was featured, uh, I mean, it's a famous song in and of itself, but it was fem- uh, featured a in song. a very famous SNL sketch um, in which um, uh, uh, like Will Ferrell uh, is like doing a recording of Blue Blue Oyster Cult and uh, Christopher Walken bursts in and keeps demanding that they, they give more cowbell and like they can only do so much cowbell in the booth. Anyway, apparently this is a, almost a completely unrelated fact, but you, if you want a fun fact about Blue Oyster Cult, um, apparently that name comes from the poetry of band manager Sandy Perlman. And um in Perlman's writing, the Blue Oyster Cult was a group of aliens secretly guiding Earth's history. um so I thought that was cool, just like a nice little monster fact about the band. but really the the original purpose of me bringing this up is that they uh, I always try to look for songs that are inspired by the monster that we've got, and uh, don't fear the Reaper is a pretty great uh song if you're looking for I love some.
1: that song yeah well, and what's i what I love about it too is that it was. Quite popular in its time in the 70s. Uh, I think it hit the Billboard Hot 100 for like 20 weeks or something like that.
0: As it should. Um,
1: as it should, because it's a great song. And then, of course, through the comedic genius that is Will Ferrell, it was brought back to the collective memories of pop culture and now a whole new generation of <laughs> people. Apparently-
0: Uh, Christopher Walken hates him now because he he became... Hates Will Ferrell? Yeah, because the sketch became so... I have to look this up. There's like a late night bit about it as there often is, but things like this. But like that he became so well known for that that people would just like come up to them the street and be like more cow more cowbell we want more cowbell or whatever and he's just like i can't stand this sketch anymore um oh like, like
1: like christopher walken hates that he's now associated with that sketch because it's pretty much the only thing that people remember him for
0: yeah or like it just like there was something about it that rubbed in the wrong way or they'd scream it at him and i, I, I don't know i i I'll have to look at I the details that. as I to why, that. but it's one of the it's it's one of those things that like went south or apparently uh, they don't get along anymore because of that sketch. Aww. even though it's like I get that. Sketch. I mean,
1: I was reading I was reading Retta's book and she played Donna on parks and recreation. and oh, yeah. she was like, I was on that show 10 years ago and people still run up to me and yell, treat yourself in my face. And she's like, I'm not Donna. That's not who I am. Please. I've done other things. Please. (laughs) That's
0: the, that's the. Please stop
1: yelling at my face. The (laughs) tricky
0: thing with uh, sitcoms, especially, right? Where people think they know you really, really well. And what they probably know is your character really well. um, Even though there's probably also quite a bit overlap in a show like that. Um, All right. That's the pop culture I got. Imagine I'm getting a bit of a, a chill on the back of my neck. Uh, I Ooh. think because our, our guest is is um, uh, ready to come on and talk with us. Uh, is there anything else you want to share before we go to break?
1: Uh, well, I'd also like to give a shout out to my homeboy in the Discworld series.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah,
1: Death is is a huge part. He's in almost every single book in the Discworld world, um, <laughs> the Disc and actually world becomes world. <laughs> the Discworld world, and actually becomes uh, like a delightfully warm character who just pops in and out just to check in on people <laughs> and like and i love him because he loves curry and he loves cats yeah, he's he has just a like, cat
0: or something right
1: well he just uh, because in um in Discworld it's only like animals and children who can see death all the time and it's only when 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 adults choose to see mm-hmm. Death, can they actually see him? So he really likes cats because they're always like, hey, like they're they're always cool with Death being around all the time. This is
0: Terry, <laughs> Terry Pratchett. <laughs> Terry Pratchett, right? Pratchett, yeah. For those yeah, listening yeah. at home. Um, as Terry Pratchett reminds me that I think Neil Gaiman has a famous version of Death in the Sandman in the series as well. Um, oh. I think Sandman volume two. Uh, but before I get, uh, too, uh, deeply entrenched in some sort of comic book information, I should probably get, uh, uh, get, get to our guest here. Um, uh, uh she's, uh, waiting. We're going to take a little bit of a break and make sure that everything's ready for her. But, uh, Trosh will be joining us. Um, it was a, a Grim Reaper and hopefully they don't have any bad news for us, Madren. Uh, but, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that off mic, just make sure we don't walk into something and then, uh, we'll be right back with, uh, our interview with Trosh. All right, so uh, Trash, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, you know, I was going to say I'm a big fan of your work, but uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be. A, I, I am an unbiased appreciator of what you do.
2: Oh, God, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, oh, Appreciate th- th- it. thank you for joining us. I, I, yeah. I, I, it's probably a very busy job. I mean, there's no shortage oh. of uh, death to attend to. Um,
2: Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> makes me pretty anxious, to be honest. Oh, really? Josh, I you, oh, yeah. you sound
1: a little you sound a little congested. Are are you feeling all right? Oh
2: my God, I'm I'm always congested. Really? I'm always, always congested. I always feel sick. I think it's allergies. The robes, you know, the robes are dusty oh. and, and things like that. But I'm always sick. I'm always what?
0: well since we're on the topic of robes, um, what what material is that? You know, I've always wondered what material. It's like that kind of black. Yeah. What is that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, they they would tell you that it's wool. They would tell you that, but I have a strong feeling that it's entirely polyester. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they've got to they've got to make a lot of it, so.
2: Yeah. You know, there's a go. there's a smell inside of it. I'll tell you that much.
1: Well, and that probably it hangs on to the dust. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Oh, big time, big time. You don't want to come in here. You don't want to come in here for a hug? No. I, well, I mean. <laughs> I mean no
0: offense, but I, I hopefully I don't have to come too close to you uh, at any point, uh, unless it's for the purposes of an interview. Um, at least
2: not
1: anytime soon.
2: Yeah. Oh, don't you too worry about that? You'll be fine. Oh, the okay, okay. trip okay. will oh. be nice and safe. You're going to be all right.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Um, but, but but soon.
0: No, imagine. Okay, it's, this is this is a question I had, but we might as well just ask it now. This is I, this is like kind of a meaty question, but can you tell someone how they're going to die? And oh, I guess- Oh, one- no. Oh, you can't.
2: Well, <laughs> wait, go on. What was the rest of your question? Well,
0: I'm just saying, <laughs> like, sometimes, well, I, you know, that maybe that just answered the question right there for me. But sometimes you, you hear about Grim Reapers, you know, or manifestations of death, knowing how somebody's going to die. And I always wondered if somebody found out how they're going to die, if that messes with the death, too, right? Like, yeah, you know, imagine if you found out, you know, this is just wild speculation and it, it should not come true but that you're going to be hit by a bus tomorrow and <laughs> and i told you the exact street then you would avoid going there and then i feel everything might get out of whack is there anything to this uh trash
2: okay there is something to that and i'll tell you what i know who these guys are that you've heard about and for the most part they're disgruntled trainees oh okay oh. so once in a while somebody slips through and decides they're gonna mess with the system and oh my goodness does it ever mess with the system yeah okay? it
1: sounds like a like a final destination kind of scenario right like if someone is supposed to die and then they don't that's gotta that that sounds like a lot of maybe paperwork
2: That's old paperwork. You're talking about paperwork. We had an incident where we were just repeatedly trying to give deep paper cuts because it was the last resort. Somebody kept evading every single tactic we threw at them, and we just resorted to magazines and things like that. Sears catalogs, you remember those?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were hefty. They would give you a pretty hefty paper cut. Not enough. You
0: you guys haven't gone digital. You're still uh, a paper system?
2: Uh, digital?
0: What do you, uh, digital? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so, you know how, um, you know, we got the intern sent over there for you, um, yeah. you, by the way, our intern is nothing like your intern, hopefully they're, um, uh, you know, doing okay, um, I asked. We uh, sent
1: you, I mean, we sent you someone fairly young in the hopes that it would not be their time. While they were there setting up the the equipment for you. Yeah, they were like
0: really young. So this is actually like a friend of a friend's um, child uh, th- that that right. I yes. that I know, and I'm not going to disclose which family because it's it's children. I don't you know you want to be careful about uh, mentioning them. Um, but let's just say uh, H is H doing okay over there.
2: H is just fine. H That's is just good. fine. I put out my uh, my jacks, and I put out my old wooden toys. And oh, H is wooden just... toys. What yeah, types yeah, of wooden toys? Block, blocks. We've got spheres. We've got puzzles. We've got carved puzzles out for H. H is doing just fine. Okay, are,
0: there, are any of them I mean, a pointy or deadly?
2: That's none of your business. I oh, okay. understand why you're asking. Okay. You can trust me. I do my, I'm very professional. Thank okay. You yeah. You wouldn't want
0: to jump the gun. I suppose you wouldn't no. want to go. You can't be killing too early.
2: Absolutely um, not. <laughs> has that ever happened you? You've
0: killed a little bit too early and then it's a bit of a whoopsie and a bunch of more paperwork to do.
2: I'll tell you, I've, I've fallen over once or twice. And I'm going to say that that's the reason I stopped drinking coffee at work Oh, too because, much coffee, well, uh, it gives you the jitters. And a couple of times, to be honest, I was balancing a coffee cup at the same time that I was trying to reap. And sometimes, you know, there would be a burn here or there, or there would be a little bit of a spill and uh, it throws you off balance. You, you generally recover, but once or twice you don't. <laughs>
0: You know, it's uh, it's funny. I I never would have thought as as a grim reaper as, as needing to eat just because you've got such a great you know skeletal body uh, that oh, I can see, see there. But I I just now have some questions about you put it in the the the, the what seems like a skull. I, I, I can't make any mm-hmm. you know uh, um, assumptions about that. But thank you. I, I don't know where that goes because <laughs> usually we we have organs in in a digestive system. Um, mm-hmm. But you seem to, you know, lack that.
2: What happens to me, and I can show you afterwards, I'll show you afterwards, I understand your listeners aren't going to be able to see this, but I can toss anything down my gullet and it instantly turns into a very angry vapor. Oh. It shrieks and it dissipates inside of me. Anything. looks. Anything. I love hot dogs. I love marshmallows. Anything. Oh. Toss it in dissipates into a vapor i
0: wish i had that i feel like it could be really good uh just a shrieking rage it might help you uh, process some feelings that you're going through as well
2: a lot of catharsis for sure a lot of catharsis
0: and you can eat whatever you want too i have like a certain amount of allergies and stuff i mean i i share uh certainly the sniffles at certain times of year. And uh, mm-hmm. I, have, I am allergic to several things that could kill me. So I'm very you know, well aware of that. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's on the, <laughs> I'm sure it's on the list. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, you, so you've got these these allergies. I guess you probably don't have any uh, pets. Or, or do you keep any any pets, uh, a, a, Trash?
2: There is a bird in my life. <laughs> don't bird. make any comments. Don't make any comments. It's a robin. It's not a crow. Thank you very much. Okay. I have a little bird that I carry around with me. Uh, I, I have to be honest, he hasn't moved in a little while. I don't want to dwell on this too long, but he hasn't, he hasn't been responding for a short time.
0: Okay. When you say not responding, do you mean like they were kind of doing their own thing in the corner of their cage or maybe they're free or like they haven't been eating or have they been developing a bit of a smell?
2: You know... I, I this may not be a surprise to you. I cannot smell.
1: Oh. No. Uh, oh well that would make sense. That does yeah. make sense. But he, can you he, no, taste. No nasal passages. You no can't. nasal passages. Yeah. No. You can't no.
2: taste no taste. I can't, just it's all about the texture. It's okay. all about the texture. <laughs> so there's the texture
0: of coffee that's so stimulating. Absolutely. And and it's not the jitters, it's the it's the it's the quiet rage that explodes in a vapor in your chest. Oh yeah. It's the sensation. Yes, yeah, you know of, what though, we- I
1: I I understand that, right? When <laughs> yeah. I if actually it's the opposite way. If I don't have coffee, then I feel the explosive rage inside. There I go.
2: It's sort of for me. It's the essence of capitalism that I feel when I okay, drop yeah. coffee into myself. I feel that sort of panic uh, explosion. Nice. 19- because
0: the coffee costs too much. Like, is there inflation uh, where you get your coffee?
2: It's just the stress of all of you people trying to run around the hamster wheel. Yeah it's just right. that that yeah. must
0: be exhausting
2: but uh, yeah no um, to answer your question jeffrey is uh has been uh, hanging out at home but he seems to just be thinking very hard and looking at one spot on the wall and it's been a couple weeks
0: <laughs> okay well i uh, i hope uh, jeffrey uh recovers um if anyone's going to figure out how to do that or, or keep them from the the, the claws of death it's, it's probably you so you know better than us uh what those last signs might be but um A little bit concerned.
2: Well, Um, I
1: just that made that I this it begs the question. Now I'm thinking about it. Are there pet reapers or like animal reapers? Mm,
2: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this Uh, is. uh,
0: Sorry, uh, go right ahead, Josh. (laughs) You're the professional.
2: I I have to say I only know I only get what I get. Okay, so I only get my own assignments. And uh, you know I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big reaper 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 I don't really I don't really chat up the other reapers too often. But, Fair uh, enough. I
1: mean work is work and home is home. I get that's that. That's
2: it, right? I, I I'm glad that you get that because it's it's a big part of who I am. Uh, but I did get uh, an assignment once for a really big turtle. A and turtle. that's the only non-human I ever got. A big got turtle. Was really was, big.
0: So my question, imagine when you brought that up, is that if, if there was animals reaping other animals, <laughs> and then in that situation, maybe there's a turtle reaper for the, the turtles that was unavailable. Is that the it case?
2: Could be. That's actually a question that I should have asked. He's very famous guy around his area in the oh. Galapagos Islands. He was... Oh, was he really old? I I think he was two two hundred. How old do they live? Two hundred years. Oh well, well, yeah, hundreds, I mean those those Galap-
1: those Galapagos turtles can you know some have been well, proven to be a couple hundred years old. Yeah. And if yeah. the
0: former Reaper was unavailable, like if the if the turtle Reaper was unavailable to reap the turtle, maybe that Reaper passed from old age. So that turtle could have gotten really old before it got reaped. Could have been just waiting
2: around like a dinosaur.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, as
2: a, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so like a dinosaur! Like now,
0: yeah, now I'm wondering what happened there. Dinosaurs reaping dinosaurs. Oh,
2: that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I don't go back that far. I know it seems like I do. I'm pretty dusty, but I don't go back that far. Well, you're, you're quite. Cloak.
0: Your cloak is very dusty, but you you have such a a clean skeleton. How do you keep that that skeleton
2: so clean? You know, this is a ridiculous thing. You people are gonna think this is ridiculous. But if you think about it for a second about what's going on inside of you, I try to keep it as moist as possible. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I use in a pinch? I just do good old fashioned lard. Lard? On my bones. I just rub a little bit of lard on my bones in a pinch. Lardy, uh, but on a good day, bone level
0: leg. Oh. Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I just yeah, it's, you've got a na- very natural glow, you know. Yeah, I mean pictures, I've always thought that was supernatural, but you've just got such great, uh, you know, um, yeah. bone. <laughs> oh, my
2: Sunken eyes help too. Yes. I and I I it recently really I recently <laughs> was having
1: uh, quite a lot of skin care issues uh, over you know I, mm. they seem to have passed but uh, I I have discovered this product called lipocar
0: Oh, you didn't so, try lard?
1: No, I did not try lard. Well, no, maybe that I, next time. I gave I gave La Roche Posay an absolute ton of my money for, <laughs> and I, have, I have all of these different products from them, but yes, if, if, if you're looking for recommendations, I highly recommend Lipicar okay. to, uh, to help you out there.
2: Is this a pyramid scheme?
1: Nope, this is, nope, you can all just, right. you don't buy it for me, you can just buy it for many of your local <laughs> no beauty now, suppliers
0: that's good i'm glad that you can get because i the first thing that anyone in a pyramid scheme the first thing they'd say is that this is not a pyramid scheme which is, <laughs> I, I make no attempt to gaslight you However, a but if, that, that is not a, a, it proves nothing for that argument
1: if la roche posay would like to send me free products i quite enjoy lipicar i've also been using their sisiplast lip balm <laughs> so shout out to them anybody who wants to send me free products for all right, well we, we don't
0: want to we don't get into your shadowy <laughs> triangle uh um, times so, are tough will oh look do what you're gonna do but you're just never gonna climb all your way up there um so you trash, you like coffee for the red hot rage vapor explosion but um mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your favorite uh vice uh, either of the living of us of mm-hmm. us flabby m- mortals, uh, mm-hmm. or of your
2: own. This is going to sound ridiculous to you, but there's a movie that I've seen 364 times, I believe. Okay, you, you won't believe what it is. It's weekend at Bernie's. Oh, <laughs> I'm in love with that. But anytime oh. I feel stressed, that I go and I pop that on. And it's the only time that my nasal passages feel feel clear, to be honest. Oh,
0: wow. You feel wow. fully, uh, well, I won't I say alive, but it really makes you feel <laughs>
2: engaged, you know? Absolutely. It's like a steam bath for my soul. <laughs>
1: you know, I, I have to say, Trash, I mean, I, I find that movie funny uh, as a mortal, but I kind mm-hmm. of wonder, you know, the whole premise of it is that they're dressing up this dead man and passing mm-hmm. him off as being alive. I mean, that seems mm-hmm. kind of like it flies in the face of, of what you're job is so i'm just i have to say i'm surprised to hear that weekend at bernie's is your your favorite movie
2: listen if you're a reaper you see this differently because that guy had already been scooped you know what i mean oh, By yeah. scooping? we scoop we scoop uh, all sure. the good bits out
0: how do you hey. how, how do you how do you what does that process look like
1: you really uh, want to know
0: oh i want to know Oh, okay. Will's a little weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, I, if this is, I take my work very seriously in this regard.
2: Okay. It's, it's a little, it's more unsettling than anything you would think because I know you all picture violent sort of sucking the soul out or grabbing of the inside. But <laughs> what we really do is it's a two, two, per, two for, okay. We give a little scratch on the back of the neck, okay. Not. Not a violent one. We give a creepy little scratch on the back of the neck, okay and then a very gentle kiss on the top of the head, and that's the whole process. Oh. I swear to you. I swear to you. <laughs> that's a scoop. That's all it takes. Oh, okay. that's a well. scoop, and then the soul is in my mouth, and I carry it across. And it, to, it takes a lot out of me. It's very. I had that chill on me, the back of the my person, neck earlier, but nobody came and kissed me on the
0: forehead. Through. So. That was well good. i like
2: a prank here and there so. okay oh. oh so you're <laughs>
1: saying that, that when we have bit. that feeling of the hair standing up on the back of our neck yep. it might be a reaper just it might just be you know, a, little a reminder yeah, okay. hello okay. i'm letting just you know i'm you.
2: here you know <clears throat> i could come by at any time that's all
0: or maybe they're just walking yeah. by and just kind of just bumped into you get a little bit of, you know do you, yeah, have, oh, that's, uh, do you have uh, some sort of uh, invisibility powers, or is that um, Hollywood nonsense?
2: Uh, well, you could see me if you'd open your eyes and look up, but I'm oh. just very good at blending in. Oh, <laughs> I'm very stealthy. boring. I'm very boring. Yeah, okay. I just emit a very dull energy as, as best I can. Well, and, I wasn't, uh, I
0: wasn't going to say it. I mean, I just was oh, experiencing okay. it. I, I don't want to vocalize that as you know, you know, uh, and our listeners, I mean, they can hear it, but they can't really see it. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, it's like mm-hmm. a, like a beige energy, you know,
1: it's, it that, is that that's exactly the, the way to
2: describe it. The skin. Yeah, um, I just don't.
1: So Trosh, I know we were talking earlier before how work is work and home is home. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if we ask a little bit what home is like? Like where where do you live or do you yeah. live with other reapers? Is there a, mm-hmm. a, a significant reaper in your
2: life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, you know, my relationship with my bird stood in the way a little bit of me having a significant reaper. So, uh, you know, um, whatever way that goes, we will see uh but uh we do uh, five or six of us live in <laughs> a little sort of a commune i suppose is how how you would see it uh and we do, we share cooking duties and and uh uh you know <laughs> spray down the showers on a on a chore wheel that kind of thing same so as you would you've got kind of a, a reaper so sounds- roommate situation yeah, we do. We have like sort of a a, a where, warehouse, I guess. If you were to picture it, it's it's what you would see as maybe a warehouse, but the the floor is just flaming hot and screaming all the time. <gasps> the it's floor is lava. A, absolutely, but but for us, that's 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 fine. Uh, see, but I'd say that's the best.
1: That's a game for for a lot of mortals. Is that we pretend that the floor is lava, so you so you just you can only walk on the furniture and like it's it's funny to pretend oh the floor is lava i didn't know that that actually for reapers that was just the floor really is lava That's, how did you know I about love the lava floors uh well I, we i we we didn't know for sure that that was really a thing we oh it's it like a fun little
2: fantasy thing
1: i mean yeah. our floors don't actually turn to lava we just we pretend that they do <laughs> no oh imagine God. you'd be burned alive
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'd be burned alive
1: <laughs>
2: Uh, for us, it. it's just like a, it's like a jumping on furniture kind of thing. Okay, interesting, interesting. Well, you lay, you lay things down and stand on top of them and hop across. Yeah, yeah, yeah like
1: or like, like you throw, okay. like you toss down a, like you toss down a throw cushion and like you can mm-hmm. stand on the throw cushion. But if you touch the floor, ooh, it's lava. Ooh.
2: Okay, and then you make you would throw down, say your friend and make them a sacrifice once in a while if you run out of stand on your friend. Uh, well my my
1: games of the floor is lava never really turned into that when i okay. was
0: a kid well i'm a very competitive person so i can tell you with great clarity mm-hmm. even though i don't remember that i probably did that you know good yeah is good do you honor. do you have that down there i mean you guys don't it wouldn't burn you but do you ever go Ah, threw you in the lava or it's just kind of like oh. why would you do that you know
2: yeah we have uh... Barry is a pile of sticks. So Barry is a pile of sticks. Barry is one of the reapers that's in the commune, and once in a while we go in, if he, he falls asleep, he's a deep sleeper, very, very scary sleeper. and we dissemble his skeleton, so we put his bones into a little pile, and then we, oh, we toss him around. Barry one in the dishwasher.: sticks. Yeah, that's similar, I guess. Similar game. Yeah, one in the sure, one in the dishwasher, microwave one. Whatever. We give them all back. We put them all together at the end.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's got to find them all. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a bit of an ordeal, but you know, that, Just that, would, a game. Be, that would be fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: look, I, I've, only been able to dance around this question for, for so long. And really, I think, uh, our listeners would be disappointed if I didn't ask this question, uh, to, to, to someone so worldly and knowledgeable uh, mm-hmm. of death. Uh, what is the meaning of life?
2: i'm gonna write down a number on a piece of paper okay Okay. and i'm gonna hand that piece of paper to you okay Okay. and you're gonna look at that number you're gonna memorize that number and you're gonna shred it and then burn it okay Uh, okay (laughs) and that is the meaning of life
0: wow i oh my oh my god imagine i thought this was gonna be like a big number but it's just (laughs) it's just one number
1: is it is it 42?
0: No, it's, 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 it's one. It's one number.
1: It's it's one. No, I
0: can't say, no, it's not, I, I listen, I can't, I can't say it, if I say it, I, I think well, 42 can, is a number, Will. Well, no, it's not, okay, there's only one digit is what I'm saying. It's a number between oh. one and 10.
1: <laughs> what does it mean? Maybe you've said too much. Maybe you've right. said too much.
0: Maybe I haven't said enough. I don't know. Maybe uh, this is not well, knowledge is we that we a can't... human
1: brain can comprehend.
0: Ah, uh, I'm tearing I'm it just up. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm breaking it oh, again. I'm breaking it again. I'm just kidding. I am just kidding i am cranking it i am cranking it i am just kidding i
2: can not <laughs> tell you the meaning of life. Are you kidding me? That would be
0: That's one number. you find
1: out on your own. God.
0: <laughs> uh, Padron, one number.
1: I so, still think it's 42. I think Douglas Adams was onto something.
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, at least you can make, well, we can't even rule. I don't know. Oh, what a day. I thought I had learned so much, but it turns out I didn't um well that's you know that's life oh hey. I
1: think we've learned quite a lot the floor is lava if you're a reaper they live in a commune some have pet robins I think we've learned a oh. ton
0: oh yeah
1: and, and I mean we might
0: not know the meaning of life but we know the meaning of uh Trosh's life um yeah we know about the pets uh this is a sensitive subject for some of our guests but uh just for the integrity of the interview in understanding uh, how y- your body reacts, how old are you? Have you know, always like a been a lot. reaper, or were you formerly a uh, human? Uh, how did you get your job come into mm. existence?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short. Uh, to, to keep it simple, if you were to give me uh, an age in your years, say I'd be four or five hundred years old. Okay. But mentally, I am 21 at all times. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, I am 21. I cannot progress past that. Uh, at 21 years old, I uh, got into a fight with a tambourine player from my band, and uh, it didn't end well. What it was didn't the, end well. What was the band called? <laughs> Sticks and Bones. Oh, yeah. That's... I know it's for haha I know it's fun. Well, yeah. yeah so, I yeah. look. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> and that, that kind of makes sense to me because I mean, like, I, I, I can only imagine that at 21, that's how you find a, you know, living with five other Reapers to be a tall overall situation. I mean, I can't, yeah. I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm that old, but I'm definitely much older than 21. And the idea of trying to live with five other people stresses me out. <laughs> So oh, I, think that, I think you're right, I think that, you know, that makes sense, that that's mm-hmm. why you live in this reaper commune, is that mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, living collectively like that is, is for young people. Really
0: fits the age, it doesn't it? Yeah. it yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you process new knowledge, I, again... No assumptions, mm-hmm. but there's no skin upon your skull, so there's probably no fleshy, brainy thing inside there. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. new knowledge that comes in, do you have to jettison the old knowledge out to keep this this twenty one year old equilibrium going? Like, if you if you mature in some way, do you have to?
2: Did you have any knowledge of how that 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 system is working? So you're wondering where where <coughs> where my thoughts are stored. Sort yeah, of where my yeah, where mean, my conscience is stored. Well, but
0: I guess we're finding out about the the details of the soul is really what I'm curious yeah, about that's what's and, going and how, on here and it? how you're locked at this age.
2: <laughs> All right. So uh if if you're wondering how I can sort of still be locked at one age, uh we do carry with us <laughs> a little wisdom pack. Okay. okay. Because if you were to try to progress our maturity or our, uh, our knowledge too far, uh, what would happen is uh, it's essentially a shattering of the whole being, of the whole reaper. So I do have a tiny uh, Ninja Turtles backpack underneath my robes that I wear at all times. It's maybe a child size uh, backpack and in that object i do store the wisdom that i'm gathering and then i can kind of <laughs> whip it out whenever i need it
0: okay and so yeah. the ninja turtle choice is that something you mm-hmm. picked or is that standard issue down there everyone everyone gets the ninja for Turtles. some
2: reason it's for some reason and i do not know why it is standard issue and huh. they are they are not never changing you never get a new april or a new brand of the turtles every new reaper gets the same ninja turtles backpack <coughs> from
1: 1991. okay maybe no there idea. was like a surplus when they oh. the manufacturers because i mean like the the era of the ninja maybe, turtles cartoon is when the huge influx of merchandising came came into our pop culture collective right Ooh. so maybe there were just maybe they just many maybe the ninja turtles just resonate, ninja Turtle backpacks
0: resonate with the soul so well you know it's it's the ultimate binding um could be uh, you know receptacle
1: second chances rebirth
0: that's what the turtles are all about yeah ooze secrets of the ooze Ooze. you know there's all sorts of uh of good stuff in there
1: living in Um, the sewer (laughs)
0: living in the sewer i mean living underground is very different than living in the sewer i imagine it smells well you know actually I, i can't say that we had somebody traveling underground and they said it smelled really bad uh i'm not sure how is it in your commune do you have that kind of rancid uh heli smell or uh, do you guys have like a nice air freshener
2: it's a little bit of like a like a charcoal sort of maybe charcoals with sort of a metallic smell most of the time but but speaking of (laughs) speaking of berry he smells like fresh baked bread so that's why we keep him around and so he really overrides that most of the time for us quite nice nice and
1: so when you disassemble him and hide his bones all over Mm -hmm. your house does that mean that it makes your whole house smell like fresh bread yeah absolutely oh that's amazing see there's a great reason to play that prank on him whenever you whenever you host i would
0: i would put him all over the place (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah all right this is my my last question for you i think which is you know you've seen a lot of death in your time You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I I believe that you didn't cause these deaths and that you discover them or or shepherd them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can address that a little bit as well. But what is the weirdest death that you've ever seen? And, you know, obviously there's like the weird sex stuff. So, you know, there's that. But like the weirdest, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe not that or that if you want to go there. But I'm just saying there's got to be weird things.
2: Uh. I would say uh, the, the weirdest death that I ever had to respond to was, uh, would, you know, I would, at first I describe it as a pile up, okay, uh, and what had occurred was a woman had stepped onto a skateboard by mistake, and then that skateboard had, this is a very long story, uh, had rolled down a hill now it had been rolling down the hill very slowly with her on top of it and on the way she somehow managed to get wrapped up in the leash of a golden retriever that was walking with a little boy Mm -hmm. and then as they traveled down that hill they passed by a couple of what i would (laughs) define as maybe young lovers on their way to some sort of cosplay event or something and they accidentally got caught on them and the woman reached out to stop herself, and then as she did that, she accidentally grabbed both of their throats and dragged them down with her. Mm-hmm. And then this all, this pile up ran into a, a line. I'm so sorry that this is such a <laughs> long story. Oh, it's a riveting. long, long line of, of kindergarten children coming off of a school bus. Likely didn't drag any of them on their way, but five or six of the parents uh, got caught up in the mess. And then all these people became this one big rolling ball like something out of a video game mm-hmm. and they slowly rolled and rolled down the hill and directly into a lake and then that was too tangled and heavy <laughs> to not sink right to the bottom Oh wow! and i had to swim down there which to be honest ticked me off because of the ropes oh so when it was annoying it was annoying i would say is what it was it was annoying
0: wow <laughs> I- that's uh- that's that's really that's really weird. That's way yeah. thank you for that uh, detail. That's what uh, we asked you know, for. Yeah, it's, it's great. I uh, um, usually I when I see that uh, I imagine this image of people in this kind of ball of humans uh, rolling down a hill. It's, mm-hmm. it's usually winter time, uh, but it sounds like this is a summer experience, which I imagine is a lot more painful. Um, so and it was a mm-hmm. lake full of water, not
2: ice. So it must have been hot and strange um maybe refreshing for an instant but not for long <laughs> yeah <know? laughs> You're,
0: yeah the burns mm-hmm. might be cooled slightly before you drown mm-hmm. in the lake yeah um and that poor dog really uh, is it's the dog that gets me <laughs> that's right you know there's nothing did you have to get a separate reaper to come in for the dog or were you commissioned <laughs> to do that was that because it was you know, a group what? deal
2: I think it must have been because it was attached to other humans because that's I forgot about that but now that I told the story again of course it wasn't just the turtle also the golden retriever that I was yeah. called to. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um,
0: well I, I feel like I uh, could talk to you forever uh, Trosh but I, I cannot uh, unfortunately I have other uh, silly human obligations um and Mm. one of those obligations is that every week uh we pitch some of our uh, favorite things that are happening in the universe uh sometimes it's like local businesses or art that we like or you know things that we feel passionate about um uh trosh do you have anything that you want to uh share to our listeners at home
2: oh yeah uh is it maybe people who are into monsters would be into this type of thing. Uh, I've heard about a, a found footage uh, horror movie that's gonna be on the <laughs> festival circuit. Oh, I, I like that It's like
0: a, like a Cloverfield uh, style scenario.
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, so that's, that's shooting now and, uh, and uh, it's, it's called The Rebrand, oh. uh, <laughs> which can be followed on, uh, on social media at Thistle and Blair uh or you can follow uh, one of the actors in the in the movie amanda mcqueen who i've been watching but keeping my hands off of because she will live to be 112.
0: that's good <gasps> oh, yeah my... you, make sure you leave her alone it, it sounds like mm. she's doing really great work and i look forward to mm. seeing that uh you know, if somebody's Thanks, able too. to catch your eye, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you have so many things that you could watch, right? don't uh, even well, I mean, have
2: your... eyes, so there you go. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> what, <but> if anyone's <laughs> able to hold your attention with no eyes or smell, uh, or what it means that you can hear. I don't know. I can't keep tracking mm-hmm. your senses there. Um, A texture.
1: You're, uh, you're from into your, the texture from your mouth,
0: of food. If, if, if that mouth texture is working well for you... <laughs> Not to assume that you would eat her. Anyway, let's move on. Madryn, do you have anything that you'd like to pitch? That sounds very cool, (laughs) Uh, Trash, but Madryn?
1: I I would like to pitch timely snow removal from your sidewalk. Yes. in front of your house. And I, well, actually, outside, <laughs> uh, I attempted to leave my house today and it was a very difficult process because people had not shoveled their sidewalks, but I'm quite sure they are legally obligated to do. I, I and it, I, we're, we're getting more, more snow will be coming people. Toronto, I'm begging you, please just shovel your sidewalk.
0: And also um, uh, on that note is the proud owner of the dog um, shoveling and not just dumping 160 pounds of salt on the road is good <laughs> uh, because the number of times that I go oh I can't walk down this sidewalk anymore because instead of shoveling there's just just inches upon inches of uh, salt or salty chemical like liquid uh, that was not my when there's so
1: much salt it looks like the snow again yeah and then you step on it, it you're like there. oh Oh, wait, I just got a waft of chemicals that come up on me. I'll have you know, Will, I buy pet-safe salt. I I make sure to buy pet-safe salt. It's also plant-safe. I learned the hard way the first year, the first winter I was living here, I used the regular stuff and it killed all the plants in my garden Mm. because I was (laughs) shoveling the snow and then dumping it into my garden and then it killed everything. So I learned my lesson. I buy plant-safe, pet-safe salt now.
0: Um, my uh, thing that I'd like to pitch this week in addition to my impromptu rant about salt um, is um, a band. It's like a, an alt folk uh, duo uh, band called uh, The Amazing Devil. And I'm not sure if anybody knows The Amazing Devil, um, but they're a, a band formed by Joey Beatty and Madeline Highland. Um, Joey Beatty, if anybody uh, watches the show Witcher is the actor who plays Mm -hmm. jaskier uh he's like the traveling bard who sings the songs oh toss a coin to your witcher he's the guy who sings that but he was cast for the show i mean he's an actor but he was cast because he also has that incredible folk voice um and they had an album that came out uh called ruin in 2021 and there's a song called drinking song for the socially anxious that is like really uh nice and uh Sweet and moving, and they have um, an album called *The Horror in the Wild*, and there's a song of the same name that is quite good. Um, and I, I think maybe it's just because they're they're musicians, but they're also clearly like actor storytellers that I like their brand of folk. Like it's it's very epic and very personal, and so I recommend that you listen to it. I think it is quite good. And um, that is all of the things that uh, we'll be pitching this week. Um, You know, uh, Trosh, sometimes I've realized that I ask our guests for just a word of wisdom that they might want to share at the end. Um, No pressure, you know, it it can be anything. It could have been something that you read off the back of a bus or just uh, just any advice that you might have for us. Uh, But if if you'd like, uh, the the moment is here.
2: It's uh, something that someone said to me once and I, I try to say it to as many people as I can. It's very simple. Just, uh, folks watch your backs. That's it. That's watch it. Your backs. I mean, I, I, I can't physically, my head doesn't swivel enough. I'm the grim reaper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll so be, keep, uh, look get a get a uh, mirror, then is my advice. Okay, I'll get a mirror. I'll get a mirror. I think that'll help
0: uh the situation. Uh well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, this has been episode eight of Monstrology. We'll see you again in two weeks with our next guest. Have a nice life. Bye. <laughs> Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found.